It's Wednesday, August 23rd, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. The union representing 340,000 UPS workers said Tuesday that its members voted to approve the tentative contract agreement reached last month, putting a final seal on contentious labor negotiations that threatened to disrupt package deliveries for millions of businesses and households nationwide. The Teamsters said in a statement that 86% of the votes cast were in favor of ratifying the national contract. They also said it was passed by the highest vote for a contract in the history of the Teamsters at UPS. The union said more than 40 supplemental agreements were also ratified except for one that covers roughly 170 members in Florida. UPS said voting results for deals covering employees under two locals are expected soon. Voting on the new five-year contract began August 3rd and concluded Tuesday. In other news, United States Steel and the United Steelworkers Union are at odds over the union's influence as the steelmaker considers acquisition bids. The union, which represents about 11,000 hourly production workers at U.S. Steel, is backing rival steelmaker Cleveland Cliff's attempt to buy the company. U.S. Steel is pushing back, saying its contract with USW does not give the union a veto vote over any potential deal for the 122-year-old company. Pittsburgh-based U.S. Steel said on August 13th that the company is considering multiple offers for all or part of its business. Alongside Cleveland Cliffs, industrial conglomerate Esmark has also announced a bid for U.S. Steel, which is one of the four big steelmakers that supply the auto industry, the construction sector, and other manufacturers. While newer competitors can produce steel more cheaply by melting scrap in electric arc furnaces, U.S. Steel's iron ore-based production methods remain vital for steel used in auto bodies, food cans, appliances, and other manufacturing. In world news, the U.S. State Department on Tuesday said it was taking action to punish Chinese officials in response to what it called the forcible assimilation of young Tibetans, broadening its assault on Beijing's treatment of ethnic minorities. The State Department accused China of the forcible assimilation of more than one million Tibetan children in government-run boarding schools and said it would impose visa restrictions on unnamed Chinese officials. China rejected the move as smears and urged the U.S. to avoid measures that interfere with its sovereignty, according to a spokesman for its embassy in Washington. The State Department's new action echoes U.S. allegations that China mistreats another minority, the mostly Islamic ethnic Uyghur population. Back in the U.S., a federal judge heard arguments Tuesday on whether to remove a floating buoy barrier that Texas officials installed on the Rio Grande as part of an effort to stop unauthorized border crossings. The Justice Department had asked Judge David A. Ezra to issue an injunction ordering Texas to remove the buoys and bar the state from deploying any similar ones. Last month, the Justice Department sued Texas Governor Greg Abbott after he refused to remove the buoys, saying the governor violated the Rivers and Harbors Appropriation Act when he installed the buoys along the U.S.-Mexico border without federal authorization. In court documents, attorneys for Texas said that the state had not violated the Rivers and Harbors Act because the segment of the river where the buoy system was deployed isn't navigable and the barrier does not decrease the ability to navigate that portion of the Rio Grande. And, 
The Biden administration on Tuesday finalized tighter rules for complex devices meant to prevent catastrophic blowouts on offshore oil and gas drilling rigs, reversing some Trump administration policies and returning to a more stringent regulatory stance adopted after the 2010 Deepwater Horizon disaster. Failure of a blowout preventer equipment was a major cause of the April 2010 disaster that killed 11 workers and resulted in an estimated 130 million gallons of crude oil spewing into the Gulf of Mexico over 87 days. The new rules from the Interior Department's Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement address conditions and well pressures under which the automatic well control devices operate. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.